different gravy not just another sheffield wednesday podcast i'm one of the hosts richard miller and my co-host is going to have to do a lot of talking this week because i am poorly but due to the uk's deeply ingrained culture of presenteeism i've still turned up despite the fact it would be better for everyone concerned if i'd stayed in bed your friend of mine dr luke gladall how are you doing today luke i'm good i'm really sorry to hear you're not doing so well richard <laughs> yeah kind of a week uh, i've I've worked most of the week, but kind of worked from home, so I didn't spread my lurg to everyone else in the workplace. But um, yeah, this this increasingly sore throat has really reached a, a fever pitch uh, today of all days, which is great. So there we go. WFH and FFS all on today's mm. different gravy. That's right. Acronyms, we've got a few, but then again, too few to mention. <laughs> do we want to um do we want to speed along into into some some news? Yes, break of that hoo-hoos. Breaking hoo-hoos. The hoo-hoos has been broken. There's a couple of things to talk about. Mm. I'm gonna go out of sync just to keep things fresh but nathaniel mendez liang has been linked to the club this week Hmm. any thoughts on that uh any any memories of him as a player uh well interesting first first of all i want to talk about i guess like wonder if we're getting towards a kind of one in one out scenario possibly with the exception of the kids on loan because it kind of felt where it's kind of felt we've done our business especially with uh, the surprise surprise of Silla Sao coming in that was mm. uh, that was surprising you know I was even surprised that you know as mentioned Papa Chan broke the bank for the uh, for the attractive looking uh, lonely defender in the window when I uh, <laughs> when I pulled his pulled his coattails over that one so I guess I'm surprised I mean unless I, I wonder if there was a mentality where a bit like well we don't really I don't know if we really bank Andre Green as sorry Andre Green uh, let me follow the. Uh, let me pull up the document for pronunciation of <laughs> of difficult names. Greener, greener, um, greenef, green, <laughs> Andre Greenen. So, <laughs> no, he's not. I don't think he's a player who's like. Oh, he's gone. We we desperately need to replace him. We seem to have a lot of kind of options on the wing. So I'm I'm kind of surprised. You know, there's some there's some rumors going around. Where that's coming from, I'm not sure. Could just well, it could just be pure pure agent talk. Who knows? Trying to try, his agent trying to get his his name out there, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know how how much. I I don't. I'm curious if there's going to be any other business, any AOB at the end of uh, this this meeting agenda. Does <laughs> wonder if it's going to go? Yeah, actually, uh, it's going to. Well, we want some more players. Yeah. <laughs> um he's gonna do that or whether it's just agent talk um interesting about mendez lang interesting that i guess it's finally kind of come out a bit like it was kind of seen like sworn to secrecy you know like the, mm. the scandal that happened which had his contract ripped up at cardiff and um what was i, I... let's say he's uh oh, maybe got a bit uh, in yes. common with um with scarface maybe <laughs> 
and not yeah. talking not talking about like shooting people. I see that. Not saying that he's reloaded or anything. He's only been three months for that. Interesting. Because it, it seemed like a very uh there seemed to be some very hush hush tones about what I it was. They set a bit of a precedent for themselves that they therefore had to stick to because mm. um oh what's the the midfielder for he sort of started at Tottenham and now he kicks around the championship. It's narrow down, Rich. I'm sorry. Not, not Huddleston, but the other one. He's like <laughs> that same sort of vintage. No, it's really escaping me his name, which is so annoying. I'm so sorry, people. Every but, time with Huddleston, I keep thinking of Cottleston Pie for some reason. Ask me no questions, I'll tell you no lie. Huddleston, Huddleston, Huddleston Pie. Don't know why. So, uh, so then, they, so you served a ban, I guess, right? And then he came back of all places at Middlesbrough because you know Neil Warnock likes having a large Jay Leno garage full of wingers. He does. You know, this is this is what he does basically. But did he? Did he? Was he there when he got his contract revved up, and then was the person to welcome him back in? Is that? I that could well be. When was he? When was uh, Colin? Colin relieved of his duties at Cardiff. No, I'm not sure. Let's have a look. Let's see how these timelines intersect. Yeah. Like, well, Warnock like... was there. Uh, Colin was there at Borough for a bit more than a season. Was he? Was he there for a full season? Was he half a season? So he was at Cardiff 2016 to 2019. Ah. And 2020 is when, yeah, when the contract was ripped up. So maybe more of an old pal giving him, giving his, his mate a chance or something like that. Maybe, maybe. I, I guess the interesting thing is um, Mendes Lang's a player who's always had a second tier standing. He's always been a player who's been in and around the championship. Yeah. I um, mean, he's... he's spent 20... some well, I don't know. He spent some time on loan in League One. Right, but I feel like he's bubbled up around the championship quite a bit and usually been around the top end of the championship in terms yeah. of teams. It's mm. spent, yeah, he spent the last, like, whatever, five years championship or Premier League level. So, yeah. Mm. So... 29, who... still, he's not exactly... Yeah. Hill. I guess the interesting thing is, I mean, I wonder what kind of happened with some of the rumours of Josh, Josh Sims. Because if we're still in the mood for a winger, you'd, you'd probably prefer him, you think? I think so. Yeah. There's less baggage there, certainly. Yeah. I don't know. It's really interesting. I mean, it, it could be okay. I, I don't know. I just feel we've got a lot of wing options who are, you know, good in standing, but maybe also have a point to prove. Yeah, that's fair. It's strange, given that we have so many wing options, that uh, so so far, uh, and this is a bit of a spoiler for today, Darren Moore seems insistent on playing people that aren't necessarily wingers uh, on the wing. Um, mm. <laughs> seems like an interesting... <laughs> but yeah. you've got seven wingers. Why are you playing a right-back that's converted to a centre-forward on the wing? <laughs> but you've got seven wingers. Why are you playing a left-back there? But you've got seven wingers. Why are you playing, playing a centre mid? Centre mid. A fairly average centre forward there. Uh, but here we go. There we go. Mm. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I thought it's interesting because we were told with uh, yeah with the signing of So and with Andre Green going out that basically the club were fairly happy with where they were. So it's interesting to now be told that we're in the market again. Mm. 
um, as you say, it might be a case that we can we feel we can get some value out of one of the present squad members and replace them with somebody who's cheaper. So it might be that that's what's prompted the the change of tone. But I suppose being a Wednesday fan and having my constantly worried, cynical head on, uh, mm. I do wonder about whether that whether somebody's injury is worse than they're letting on as well. Yeah, we've had some uh, we've had some interesting starts with this, haven't we? We've had some interesting. Yeah, there's an interesting narrative I think with looking at a lot of players who are out and who are coming back into the team. Like, when are well, they coming back into? That's we've been told October, but that seems a long way, and we still haven't heard anything. I don't know whether what whether he should be out running now or whatever. I don't know. Well, we've heard more from Windus than we've had from the club. Yeah, the last updates come from the man himself. And then, obviously, Luongo played one game really well, probably man of the match performance, and is injured again. Doesn't make the squad today. Yeah. Um, again, Hutchinson didn't make the squad today, despite the fact we were told he was mm. really close. I don't know. It's just. It's weird that Mendes Lang is the link because a, a wing answer to any of those conundrums. But it does make me wonder the fact that we're now saying, well, we're still on the lookout. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Mm. If I yeah. hadn't insisted on doing things the other way around, uh, we could have gone straight into today's game because already things look a bit weird at centre back. But. Um, also interesting, I mean, I, I've completely forgot, what, I guess, for the mentality that, like, it feels like we've been done so long in terms of transfer activity, I've completely blanked on the fact that we're we're approaching the end of August here. You know, the, the transfer window is going to be... Yeah, just three days or whatever it is, yeah. Finishing, on, finishing on Tuesday, which is uh, it's insane. So, mm-hmm. I, I guess, but then, technically, he's a free agent, and there's plenty of free agents, it sounds like, out there. And if that's yeah. if that's a road we can only go down thanks to a quasi transfer embargo, depending on how you want to look at it. I mean, technically we're not in a transfer embargo, but there's still limitations on what we can do as it has to be ratified the EFL. Then yeah, that's largely our market. And then what is the limit for getting getting that going later? I mean, in terms of a player we signed previously in Andre Green, you know, maybe you should sign them sooner because um, mm. gives them more time to get up to speed and get get fit. Before you sell them on to some unbeknownst European powerhouse. For a lovely jubbly profit, yeah. Yeah, and he scored in the Europa League. Did he really? He did, scored, I think that was his debut. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, I suppose it means we've, uh, we end up watching, <laughs> watching Jim White doing, do his thing on uh, Tuesday with some interest rather than, rather than going to bed early. Which has been the case a few times recently, mm. but the rest of the rest of top tier football seems to be a bit bananas in terms of transfer the summers, yeah, you know, transfers the summer. So, yeah, lots of big moves. Could be some theatrics there anyway. So, yeah, if uh, maybe if maybe de- maybe delay that uh, maybe delay that cup of chamomile, everyone. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> The other bit of news is the Sunderland game has been called off because Sunderland have had enough international call-ups to uh, postpone. So a bit of a mixed bag, I think, because we haven't talked about this yet, but with Bailey, Peacock, Farrell being mm. 
the first choice goalkeeper for Northern Ireland, the chances are he's going to get called up more often than not. And that does, it does mean we're going to have to play games with Wildsmith in nets or somebody else. So on the one hand, it's one less game where we are Peacock Farrell-less, which is a a benefit, but it also means, particularly after the the result we've achieved this weekend, it, it leaves a weird gap till the next proper game of football, which is the 11th of September. So we've got now kind of two weeks of either meaningless football or no football from, from Wednesday uh, to lick our wounds and bed in our, our three new surprise signings from Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you make of that as uh, overall? Hmm. Um, it's, it feels like a blow. I was hoping that, you know, the joy of being in this poxy division was that one joy is that as well as potentially winning more games, would be that we wouldn't have international breaks. But then... The benefit of that is that we don't don't have quite the fixture pile-up that you tend to have in the championship. You don't have so many Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday type weeks. That's the the sort of... That is a benefit, yeah, and that is a benefit for us, especially since there seems to be uh, a lot of bedding in that seems to be been doing at the football club. And also like a lot of... Um, a lot of kind of surprise injuries and questions around people's availability within the club, right? So there is a benefit for that. Um, I wondered about, I thought this was a bigger blow than maybe you were saying, and I think I know where you're going to go with that, Rich. Mm. Um, I'm predicting that you don't want to see Wildsmith in Nets and that you'd much rather have Bailey Peacock Farrell. Yes, yes, yeah. What a surprise. I think that, yeah, I think it's a situation we want to avoid if we can, and in this case, yeah. We- Which, you know, I I'm not against, but I I think I'd much rather play that game. You know, even with kind of one missing, I've I've no idea who Sunderland are missing. I don't know is is it McGeady? Is McGeady still playing? It's a mixture of um, youth internationals and first team internationals. Because that was the question. There was a question. So they met the number limit, but there was a question then of whether whether youth players, youth call-ups counted. Right. Um, but it, it genuinely feels a bit like we want to be at our best strength. I feel like that's gaming. That's gaming the rules a little bit. Andy Edwards was the last call-up to England under 20s. Um. Right. I, I mean, think, I, I think, I'm sure they're going to look at it from a sake of saying this is, means that we're we're playing with a weaker team. So therefore, you know, let, if there's any way we can make this happen that it doesn't count, then let's not do it. But I don't know how good are how good are your youth internationals really? Yeah, I think that what it probably shows is though the fact that Sunderland, a big, expensive team from our division, us sort of scrambling around to get to three probably shows us that this won't happen too often. So we're going to be in those that scenario where Wildsmith drops in for, for games, I think, later on in the season. There's another international break before Christmas, I think. So uh, we, we will see that scenario play out, I think, in, 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 the, in the near future. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, timing-wise, I think particularly with, as I say, this 
foreshadowing of this weekend's result. It's just one of those where, like, ugh, it'd be nice to just get our teeth stuck into an, another game and kind of build up a better run again. Mm. But we've got Newcastle under 23s and presumably we'll play a pretty weak squad for that. And then nothing the weekend afterwards. So but then fun. there is interesting kind of looking forward and kind of looking forward to that a little bit, a bit of foreshadowing is that there's still those rules in play that we have to have. I think it's four of the same 11 that started. There's certain kind of stipulations around. It's weird. It's four qualifying players and the qualifications of that are quite weird. Yes, it is strange. So because it's like if they've played, I think if they've played a certain number of games in their career or something like that, or they've played <sighs> a certain number of games last season. Um, so it's not quite as straightforward. Last time it was like, yeah, eight out of your 11 or something like that had to have started the previous game. I think they've got that they've been talked away from that being quite so strict. Mm. Um, but I would expect to see that's a, it's a chance for the people that have you know Sal and um, people that have barely kicked a ball so far. It's a chance for them to get out and and hopefully get a run out, mm. um, almost treat it like a preseason friendly. I think. And uh, and get give everybody a chance to to go play and and uh, get some minutes. <clears throat> I would expect Wildsmith to play in that one. Yeah, very much so. I wonder if like I think Brown's probably a player I'd probably pick from there, just in terms of in terms of playing this game. And he's played a fair bit of minutes, I guess. And it'd probably be a player who could probably handle it. I reckon. Mm. I don't know who else outside of that. Maybe Patterson. Maybe Patterson Byers. Maybe I think maybe Palmer might play as well. Yeah, that would make some sense. But I mean, I'm kind of guessing at this level, you know, but I mean... Uh, Maybe. I mean, you might be the people... Sorry. No, it's just, it's a strange qualification in terms. So it's like, how do you how do you meet that? Maybe Canberra gets a run out as well. You know, there's plenty of players that can still build up some minutes and still have the physicality for it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, fair enough. Uh, so do we want to move on to... <laughs> on such a high note, let's move on to on today's, high note. today's coverage. Imagine if we'd done it the other way around and we had a really beautiful segue because we were talking about players and their availability. And then we get to the starting lineup of today's game. And uh, already things look weird at centre back. So no Dunkley picked up a knock. Uh, no Luongo picked up a knock. Wing yep. dropped the bench. But we didn't. We we still don't see any sign of of Louis Gibbo. He Hodgson's was playing slash training with the kids today, wasn't he? Was he? He was indeed. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure what's going on with his um, what's going on with his fitness. But it's uh, it's taking a while for him to. Well, I feel like Darren Moore mentioned him in his pre-match talk that he's fine that he's available for selection now or something like that i feel like he i'm just going to remind myself but anyway what the weird situation we end up in it with is liam palmer now plays not the third center back in the three he's mm. just straight up center back next to dominic iolfa yeah and then we bring brennan on on the bench brennan on the bench yeah mm. interesting mm. and jane but brown comes say, in Sorry, go on. Jaden Brown comes in at left back. That was the presumption, but actually when they got out on the pitch, Johnson mm. was, the, was the left back today. Well, I was wondering if that was a latter day uh, latter game 
switch. But you think that was in place from the was, off? No, Johnson was there from the off, yeah. Mm. I, I assumed it was going to be... When I saw the team sheet, I put Brown at left back question mark. But then when they... It very quickly, um, it looked like Brown was playing left wing and, and Johnson was in behind him, which I actually really quite liked for him. I think this is maybe... I know it's early doors in his Wednesday career, but I think this might have been my favourite performance from Johnson in a Wednesday shirt. I, I, I sort of quite liked his uh, his rangy approach to being a, a left fullback. I do, but I, I guess I wonder about... Um, I, I do want to talk about Brown, and I'm going to talk quite positively about Brown, just as a bit of a spoiler to this. Um, but I, I find it weird that I expected Johnson to be the stronger of the two on the left flank, and yet it's yeah. flipped with the two of them. I agree. It's uh, they've had a bit a, of a they've had a bit of a freaky Friday moment in my. I also wonder how much there was today that that was a big. Morecambe, interestingly, come up from League Two, and they do look the most sort of League One team we've played so far. In that they had three absolute massive clodders up front, and th- and three mass or four massive clodders at the back. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know whether Johnson was there there for some height at the back because Palmer's not the biggest. Mm, interesting. Anyway, let's get into it. I, I thought about saying something else that I'll, I'll kind of put a pin in. Let's, okay. Let's kind of move on. Something has been pinned. Great to start up the feed and sound like I had a continued rainstorm on the, um, on the audio until it was fixed. We then cut to football heaven commentary, which I was surprised at. Such sweet relief. Switch from Rob Statton to Andy Gidden, Giddings. And it actually weirdly sounded like I actually realized later Rob was actually covering a different game completely, but it seemed to coincide with the beginning of the game. Oh, weird. So maybe there are a few seconds of a game early on where every game sounds the same. Well, on my grotty stream, it was on the Morecambe commentary, persisted till about 30 minutes with an awful like type noise throughout. <laughs> It was really great, grating. And somebody, then, somebody trying to entertain a baby, maybe. That's what happened. Yes, yeah. Mm. And he kept saying, oh, we're trying to sort out this gremlin. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Tell us if we've hit the hammer in the right place. And then eventually, I don't know whether it was I follow themselves, switched over to the uh the football heaven commentary or whether the person manning the stream just switched over but i was just so so pleased to hear andy giddings uh his dulcet tones uh, after after all that nonsense wow when could you ever think you would say such a thing (laughs) um the hokey low tv angles always reminds me of wednesday being terrible I think maybe now, Rich, I've developed a Pavlovian response to Wednesday going to dinky stadiums and small grounds and shitting the bed. And I said shitting the bed and said, or maybe shitting the shed. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. If it looks like it's made out of Lego, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to maybe all our players are maybe going to step on a, a Lego piece with bare feet. Yes. Know, and they're uh, scamping down the wing. Yes. Yeah. Remember when we last played them was in the FA Cup and that was on ESPN with Megson? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Is that when they had... Oh, no, was it, it was was it somebody else, Leighton Orient, that had Jimmy Smith? Was it Jimmy Smith? Jimmy Smith, he was the uh, the Chelsea, Chelsea youth captain. He was the future and then it came to Wednesday and we learned he wasn't the future. He was a rubbish 
rubbish, rubbish player. The man Jack Wiltshire could have been if he tried a little less hard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's the one. I don't know if he ended up in Morecambe, but he did have a he did uh plod around East London with uh Leighton Orient for quite a bit. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, I share the same thing that that low camera angle. Byers got a yellow card almost immediately, like a Hutchinson style compulsion to pick up a yellow in every game is something that seems to drive George Byers and his uh, his slicked back hair. Mm. And the ref handed out another yellow very quickly as well, set a very, very low bar for what a yellow was. That was the one where uh, Denden was hauled down. That's right. In the middle of the park. It was a yeah. In the middle of the park. Pretty much. Um, I was commenting that this was a this was a very sleepy start from Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. Um, I noted that we were getting a bit of a mild trimping in the first 10 minutes. (laughs) And I was unsure what was happening. I don't know if you had the same thing on your feed. You see, you said it did cut across to uh, to Giddy Aidings. In the end, yes. Okay, but we did have a lot of like uh, Giddings and Laws, I think, kind of Giddings, basically, I think largely just asking a lot of questions of Ryan Laws about, is this the first time you've seen Wednesday this season? Okay. And all this talk about the start. But so they kept talking about, oh, great start for Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, you must be talking about the start of the season because the game, this game isn't started very well. Like we didn't have a handle on this at all. For the first 10, 15, I would probably say. That's, I think we did, yeah, we started to get into it. Gregory had that first chance about 13 minutes in, and that yes. was Wednesday starting to get a grip of things. And I think basically throughout the game, like when it looked like a championship game, we looked the much, you know, much better team. We held held on to possession much better. When it looked scrappy and League One-ish, they looked dangerous and looked like they could could do you know could sort of hurt us a little bit um but most of the time we were yeah controlling possession keeping them in their own half we were really it's i i we dominated the game by and large i think both center backs were in their half for long long periods of both both halves of the football match Mm -hmm. um and we had some chances there uh brown had a couple of fairly decent chances when Brown got his yellow card, the ref was on a, a yellow every seven minutes, by the way. That was... Oh, wow. Quite maintained that throughout, but he uh, he really he really was pumping them out like nobody's business. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I think they can't control the match, so they just throw yellow cards around. But the problem is you only need to get five and then you need to miss a match. You know, like it, it, it does add up. Mm. It's not just it goes on in in one game for you. I did. Uh, I did get enough of the Morecambe commentary to to get their complete bafflement that Bailey Peacock Farrell didn't just aimlessly smash it upfield every time he got it. <laughs> like, he's, again, he's not got hardly any height or power in that. That's fine. <laughs> he's trying to pass. You know, he's not just trying to hit it as hard as he can every time. That's funny. <laughs> radical, radical types of football. He really was making his head spin <laughs> to the point where his co-commentator was like, I think he's he's quite a good goalkeeper. I think he's had a good start here and the fans really like him and he is at Burnley. You know, like he was having to sort of say like, <laughs> I might have missed the point a little bit here. That's funny. 
<laughs> uh, 16th minute, I loved Bannon blew, blew off the cobwebs to slalom around, bring mm. it back, and then he whipped in a beautiful curl, and Brown missed his slide in by a few whiskers. Oh, so he seemed very upset with himself for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope there's a, there's going to be one of those things where when he, once he gets a goal, he kind of calms down a bit in those situations because he's as uh, he's playing really well and getting those moments and he reads the game really well. So he gets mm. in good positions and gets those chances. I hope he has a sort of Kieran Lee-esque moment of clarity and Zen that starts to come over him in those moments and so that he can put them away because he could, ha- he could be pretty devastating with his engine and his skill in that, in that position. I think so. And that kind of brings us then soon as that happened, we went on the break again on the 17th minute. Patterson absolutely swung one across, which seemed to evade mm. everybody, drifted out to Brown. Brown picked it up, kind of brought it across, and then did a cross shot, which was apparently touch wide. Yeah. Was that a corner? Because I was unsure, because then I think it cut to the highlights. I don't know if we wasted a corner or whether it just never was a corner. I found it difficult it, to make I think out that one number just of missed. I think it just, everyone just watched it go past the post. But it w- we did we did waste a lot of good set piece opportunities today yes this was such a stark bannon was so good in open play and just completely dictated things looked a different you know and he's a different planet to the, the people he's playing with and against but his set pieces were dire mhm how many he just passed? Their goalkeeper's massive. I don't know how tall he is. He looked like six foot six, six foot seven, something like that. He just kept finding him, mm. playing it straight into his hands. So frustrating. Yeah. But again, I, I get that was the, the difficult thing. I mean, I actually, yeah. Yeah, I think even kind of cutting forward, you know, I was really near the death of the first half I made a start. So unsure where we'll score from today, but I really don't think it'll be a set piece. No, but our, our bits of play, when we put like one, two, when we sort of hit a groove of, it reminds me a little bit, I did, um, I don't know whether I said this on the podcast, but I said it during the match last week. Um, when we when we hit those little moments where we string together four or five quick passes with yeah. you know, one touch and precision and mm. pace, passing, it, it just looks like the opposition just do not know what to do with us at all. Completely. And that's where things start to open up. And we did that a couple of times around the 24th minute and the 25th minute. We had two moves where we're not just taking the obvious pass, we're pushing it past a man and playing a more daring, dangerous ball, a braver pass, mm. and cutting them open. Um, one of them set up the corner, the other one set up the chance where Hunt chipped it onto the bar. Uh, but the, yeah, those moments where we just go through the gears much quicker nobody can hang with us in those moments it's just oh, i agree i i thought there were so many great combinations both on the left and the right i thought brown brown looked incredibly sharp and combined brilliantly with dan dan on a few occasions as well yeah yeah it was just it was scintillating some of the some of the build-up and some of the play through the middle and out onto the wing i really, really like yeah i really like dan dan's bursts forward he had he had a, f- a few really nice Moments where he just broke through. Mm. Well, in the 36th minute, I noticed he unfortunately did an incredible one-two and didn't quite pay off. He just couldn't quite get there on the end of the second ball. That you know, that was yeah, that looked like yeah. that could have been 
that could have been the golden chance, the one that we didn't create today. You know, I did. Um, I did write. We we sort of got into the meat and potatoes of uh, of of Brown and Johnson, but when I was writing out my team sheet, I put Den Den and the BBs in midfield, um, and then <laughs> Pato, Grego, and Jono up top. Um, so I feel like that's worth uh, <laughs> it's worth a retread, even though it's really massively out of time now. Um, <laughs> so you're just uh, you're just kind of seeing this game as a kind of like a blue Peter kind of uh, <laughs> presentation. Yeah. I liked it when we brought Connie Hook on myself. <laughs> oh dear. Good old Connie Hook. No, but it was, it was, I mean, I think there was some lovely bits of play. I, I tend to agree that like the frustrating thing is so many, we're not like testing the keeper again and again, we're getting in good positions and then it's sort of falling apart at the last moment more often than not, which is a bit, it's a bit disappointing and a bit, Long, longer term, a bit worrying that we're not, we're maybe not doing what we can there. I just put they had they had um, probably their best chance of the game, the first half, and in about the forty third minute when Hunt had this weird little patch where he gave away two gift corners in a row. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and the second of those, they, they they sort of nearly poked it in at the near post, um, and then we had our best chance of the game right at the end which was a great cross by uh, Johnson and Gregory cut across, met it at the near post, but unfortunately just, just missed the far post with it. It went, went agonizingly wide. Yeah. Mm. Um, Sorry. I, I guess the interesting, so that was the first half. I, my halftime notes, I said, I think and feel that the second half might see the game open up and then some goals, mm. no shots on target for Wednesday at that point. The stats make it out to be a dull game, but we've been dominant and the goal and the lead felt very close at that stage. Definitely. Mm. Do you want to hear some of my uh, fun, pithy comments from the first I'd half? I'd love to. Love to. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, yeah, actually, well, just to kind of feed into your note about the ref seeming card happy, Brown got a very soft yellow for kicking back a little, I guess. There must have been a bit of afters, but he picked up a well, yellow. That 21 for them was quite lucky to stay on the pitch, I think. Cooney. Wow. Right. Because he like he just got lost his rag with Brown. Brown did him. Then he clipped his heels. The ref didn't give the free kick. Mm. And then he just started kicking his ribs, trying to kick the ball from underneath Brown. And then Brown stood up and got angry, which is fair enough, because he was just getting hoofed by by Cooney and it's once again it's Brown that gets the yellow we had that the last week yeah it's the reaction was it Bannon uh, yeah not last week, it was weeks, Bannon yeah Bannon on Claire so Claire does the dirty tackle but it's the person reacting to the foul play that gets mm. the rather than it I think like I think in the championship or Premier League they'd probably both end up with the yellow card in those situations but the we- weird thing down down in the dirt here at League One <laughs> seems to be you just get punished for reacting. It's bizarre. It, it is bizarre. He later did pick up a yellow, but he did another couple of fouls after that, and I just thought his body of work, given the, the, the low, low bar that the ref established for picking up yellow cards, mm. um, I, th- I thought he was a little bit lucky to not yeah not end up with worse than a yellow for, from his, uh, his day's play. That was a pretty deserved yellow, but I thought it was really bizarre because they were talking about on the commentary that the Morecambe manager weren't happy about it. 
for no reason, but it was a pretty solid yellow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, piffy comments. Uh, Giddings somehow reminds everyone that his car might be broken into. Is putting a downer on my trip to the seaside. <laughs> who, who in? Who invited him again? <laughs> what did? Why did he? Because because it, it's Morcom. Was he being like? I, yeah, I think he was just worried about his car being broken into. Like, there's some very strange kind of jazz beats that I got from <laughs> Andy Giddings on the commentary. In fact, I'll jump ahead while we're just doing piffy shit so we can we can really feel down in the dumps when our knackers get kicked in this game later. Um, so the, I think they were talking about what positions positions they played when they played football, and it didn't seem to have any context. Oh, yeah. But Giddings went, oh, I played centre-back. And he said, oh, I nearly took off Dom Housen's head. There's some comment about that. And I said, yeah, Giddings talking. Was... <laughs> Sorry. Go you carry on. Please tell me. Well, no, ba- Bailey Peacock Farrell cleared it into the crowd and I think it nearly hit Giddings. Uh, I, but like there was that, that. So that's what prompted the exchange. But it still went in a weird direction. Right. So I, I know it's like they said, Giddings talking about decapitating Dom Housen. Lucas <laughs> fantasies of a Highlander with local football journals in it. <laughs> There can only be one. <laughs> James. <laughs> and then I was, I was going to say, I'm making an observation. I thought someone made the observation on Twitter. I think it might have been Joe Cran that said, I've realized that Wednesday have only played teams in red and white so far this season, mm. which was an interesting one. Um, uh, I've made another connection. What is it with these third tier side, lower league, lower third tier sides and bizarre European keepers? Yeah. Seems every team we come up against some mild Scandinavian find in the sticks that they picked up off a scouting trip on a fishing vessel. Did you get any good char today? No, but I got myself a, a journeyman Scandinavian goalkeeper. <laughs> Jokul Andresen, Iceland's n- number one goalkeeper under the age of 20. <laughs> Someone chucked a haddock at him and he put out some reflex saves to keep it on the ship. I don't know. You know, Jokul, you're very good at punching the haddock away. <laughs> Maybe you could be a goalkeeper. Brilliant. Oh, dear. Oh, I think that's about it, really. Just, uh, yeah, I think that kind of... No, it's for more Pony Piffy comments while we're on halftime, while I'm looking at the coverage and the adverts mm. on, uh, on the old iFollow. Uh, Luke has still really missed the news that Bullard is called, Jimmy Bullard is called the Bulldog. One of those nicknames you want your friends to use a lot to take off, but you can never get it going. I uh, yeah, I don't know that anybody calls him that. Surely they don't. But he refers to himself often as a bulldog. I think. I think in terms yeah. of the score line, it's a cricket score <laughs> with him naming himself the bulldog to anyone else naming himself the bulldog. He um, the the enduring appeal of Jimmy Bullard is really truly fascinating and should be studied by scientists. I think we spend too much time looking at like cancer and AIDS and things like that. And I think probably what we really need to get dig into on a scientific level is why on earth does anybody like that prick? I don't know. He was he was entertaining for about five minutes in his footballing career. Yeah, he. D- Basically, he seems to have built a whole, his whole career is that Phil, Phil Brown, uh, Phil Brown did the thing where he told the, the team off. And, Jimmy Bullard did it. Yeah. and then Jimmy Bullard did it as a celebration. And that seems to be it. 
That's the last funny thing he ever did. He had long hair yeah. and he did that. That seems to be what it is. I think his his uh, personality was like, oh, I like fishing. <laughs> that seems to be his personality. People, people, the everyman can, can relate because they've enjoyed a good fish. He's got exactly yeah. half the charm and the looks of Robbie Savage. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just the made up of the remains. The beautiful thing about making a Robbie Savage is you you produce a, a spare Jimmy Bullard every time. <laughs> I would like to see the two of them coming into contact at some football media event and Robbie Savage went, I dodged, dodged that Papa John's advert, but you caught it, eh? <laughs> pick up pick up my sloppy seconds from those Papa John wet toppings. <laughs> oh, looking forward to the pizza cup this week, Rich. Yeah, it's going to be great, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to listen to it because no one wants to, no one wants to put a camera on it. <laughs> and you're not, you're not going there. You're not, you're not trekking all the way from from Chester to to Essex. No, I don't think so. Not for a uh, not for pizza trophy. No, <laughs> <laughs> not not to watch the creme de la creme of Newcastle United's academy. Oh. Can they do something nice to us and just bring us out like Jacob Murphy so we can just watch him again? Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would be nice. Um, also, more pithy comments about Radio Sheffield. I like the format of The Apprentice back at the studio trying to hide his jealousy. He didn't want to go to Camelworth Road anyway. <laughs> Don't even like orange. Oh, that's about it from the first half where, you know, again, probably precursor into the second half. You know, we look we look dominant, but never the telltale golden chance to uh, to make any great difference to the to the, to the Morecambe net. Not to get so, the uh, not to get the Scandinavian goalkeeper picking the ball out of the net rather than a nice tasty haddock that he's caught. <laughs> So they, is it um, fermented shark is one of the things, one of the delicacies in Iceland, isn't it? Fermented shark, really? Yeah, I think they put like shark, cover shark in ammonia and bury it for like forever. You know, like the ancient egg thing from uh, from Asia, from China. <laughs> I don't know. That's a topic no, that. Was, yeah. No. Oh. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Um, I'm I'm disappointed by your lack of knowledge of uh, of Icelandic weird Icelandic cuisine. Like <laughs> we almost started out, out the second half with an absolute uh, thumping goal. Yes, George Byers just smashing one into the post, and, almost and was... akin, almost akin to Darren Potter. It was just, it was a beautiful moment. Like you just, you always love as a fan or you're always screaming out when you feel like you're watching the game. And I think more so when you're watching something televised because you have mm. no context to what's outside of the focus of the camera, but you're just dreaming of a ball kind of bouncing out that's being deflected out and the entire bank of defenders just turning to look at it. And then it just seems to hang in eternity while you dream of some nimble number 10 running on to just rasp it into the net, really, to mm. just lead it so beautifully. I thought the thing that he did it so well was just because I think that's everything in everyone's mind as a Wednesday fan who is watching that. Um, and then he just kind of steps up and does like a very diligent, 
cultured curl yeah. with his instep. And it just deliciously cannoned off the post. Oh, so close. I know. And I was like, technically still not have a shot on target. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's the thing. Don't get anything for being close. <laughs> I thought Byers did really nicely again. Yep. Uh, Bannon sort of took another bad set piece um, and rushed his throw in afterwards, but Byers kind of battled for it and then poked it into the box, uh, which set up Gregory to do a fairly outlandish looking overhead kick attempt, but he went very close as well. Yeah, he did that kind of chip up and then the kind of swivel turn yeah. on the second bite of the cherry and just put He's it over. You've trained with Stephen Fletcher, we all said. <laughs> it was one of Fletcher's favourites, wasn't it? And then from there, the 52nd minute, BPF gets a bit too casual with feeding the ball mm. out, but Wednesday managed to press and win the ball back off the shrimpers. Brilliant flowing counter-attack move, just going the length of the pitch, fed into Brown on the angle one by the goalkeeper, and the ball is struck and deflected wide from the follow-up as well. It just unfortunately was one of those where he just never quite looked like he fancied it, did he? I, I just think it was just like a half second off. Mm. I, he just didn't really get... Did he get a... I d- he just sort of dithered into the goalkeeper. Yeah. And then it was kind of cannoned out. And then from that follow-up, it was, uh, you know, deflected shot. But yeah, but that was just fantastic. The fact that we managed to build something just beautiful and flowing from a, a massive counter-attack move, the length of the pitch. From that moment, from a... Deneran as well. Mm. Leaving two players for dead and running straight at the defence as well. It makes things happen. It creates opportunities. And it's just, I felt like it went to Brown and it's like certain players would be, that would be their moment. You know, they'd be like, oh, great. This is what I'm here for kind of thing. And I just didn't get that. I didn't get that vibe from him. I got a kind of like, oh, crap, it's it's me now. (laughs) You know, (laughs) which is, uh, which can sometimes work. But I think that moment's hesitation just meant that as you say, he was kind of like half a beat behind where he needed to be mm. every step after that. Mm. But yeah, I mean, amazing to turn around what was a slightly scary moment. And I think it was Iorfa with the interception that put us immediately on the break, which was very good. He's quite good, you know, that Iorfa guy. He's he's not bad, is he? He's not half bad. Mm. And he's got a new contract as well. Mm. He's got an extension. Another, another year of, of Big Dom. We should have probably covered that in the news section. Oh, we probably should, oh, but there we go. That's good news, though. Very good news. Very good news. It, another sign that we are behaving like a fun, an actual functioning football team. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got the, my next note's 58th minute. So but the Bannon, the Byers and Bannon sort of combined really nicely and Bannon fed through Gregory pretty much perfectly, put him with a chance on the sort of penalty spot. And unfortunately, it was a pretty poor effort from Gregory, I thought. Yeah. And I did ask the question, can he only score weird freak goals? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Not. I don't know how impressed I've been with his kind of standard centre-forward play. Yeah. I don't know how good he is about holding it up. I know. I, I'm, I'm happy to just keep reserving judgment on anything about no. Lee Gregory until... Because if he could just keep coming up with these scrappy 
scrappy yeah. poacher goals, then I don't, I really don't give a shit. And I'll probably say that about Canberra as well. Like, if we have an entire season, you know, we do our player reviews at the end of the season and we're giving them like mild B minuses and we got promoted. Like, but yeah, they've still managed to get like double figures of goals each. Then I, I really don't care. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'll, I'll take that every week. <clears throat> but then I suppose the problem is you have days like today where something a bit more standard in that regard. If we had Cole Stockton up front today, I think we probably would have won three or four nil. Wow. Interesting. Because we didn't have that physicality and we didn't have the ability to build off our man in the middle because Gregory and, I mean, even if we swap for Canberra, I, well, we'll talk about it later, but I would have almost advocated, I think, probably for doing a straight mm. swap up there. But he does he does a weird job as a striker as well. Like he's trying to run in behind. Yeah. Today, we sort of needed somebody that occasionally we could just ping it into their feet and they'd hold it up and let let our other players catch up with play. Mm. I, don't, I just don't know that we'll, we'll get that from Gregory. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll I, see. I, I'm the same as you. If keeps going the goals and, and the questions get kicked down the road, you know, that <clears throat> I think I, I agree, you know, the, the, the questions don't get asked too strongly whilst ever you're producing results. And as a striker, goals can can paper over all sorts of cracks. It's just today there wasn't the goal and there were two or three occasions where I feel like Gregory really should have done better. I think he should have done better. I think he should be hitting the target with the chance at the end of the half. I think he really should test the goalkeeper when he's in a position, Bannon put him in the perfect spot on his good foot and his shot was pretty rubbish. Like, if you watch that chance back, as a striker, that's what you're waiting for, presumably. And he really did very, very little with it. So I, I agree that whilst, you know, he's got two and four, that's great. If he keeps that up, there won't be too many hard questions to ask. It's just, I think it's legitimate to ask questions today because I think mm. I think we could have done better with a better mm -hmm. striker different striker <laughs> I put that Morgan made the second of two quick subs and introduced the player apparently called Corny Doofus uh, whilst I was checking that that was his actual name I saw that they'd scored so then I was waiting on the stream for that to happen right. um, this started with Palmer bizarrely deciding to control the ball with three or four Morecambe players in close attendance. Um, that led to a kind of scramble that gave them a corner. Uh, I don't know who it was that mistimed their header at the front post, but it should have been easily cleared at the front post, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I think it came off a Morecambe player and then hit Adeniran's thigh and went into the open net. Uh, really scrappy goal to uh, concede after all this time of, of keeping clean sheets. The interesting thing for me was prior to this was thinking about how I'm feeling about this this uh, this game of Sheffield Wednesday football. And really, I was kind of watching it. I was kind of not really anxious. I wasn't really kind of worried. There wasn't any kind of sour notes. It just seemed kind of a real strong kind of pure apathy. Maybe a little bit like, I don't know, maybe taking a dose of ketamine, potentially. 
Right. Um, but you know, but what, no great positive feelings, no great negative feelings, but I kind of felt relaxed and I, I didn't feel there weren't really any moments. The only one I could say was it was, that was kind of like a half chance, the best chance mm-hmm. they had at the end of the first half. Then that chance, which they blocked wide, that felt weird for me because that was literally like the first time that I felt any worry about anything yeah. that Morecambe could do going yeah. forward. And then suddenly it was just kind of really just kind of set up with a real quick sucker punch. It was a very quick one too for us to see that goal. The, 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 the worry, and I, I did sort of say it half jokingly, but also the other half of that is not jokingly, complacency is a big problem is a big potential problem for our defenders mm. i just think everything is so easy for i offer in this league that he he sort of takes unnecessary risks and mm. people around him take unnecessary risks like uh, yeah i don't know but it that wasn't where the goal directly came from, but the corner chance, we just didn't need to concede that possession in our half. Mm. It's also the fact that Byers was on a yellow. He should have taken down a player a couple of times, but obviously couldn't because he was on a yellow. Um, so just all these things start to come back and bite you on the bum when mm. you don't put away your chances. So none of these things, like, yeah, Gregory not being the best centre-forward doesn't matter if, we, if we're a goal or two up. Palmer deciding weirdly to control a launched ball from their half when he's never been that good at, you know, he's never had that level of close control in his life, certainly not a centre-back. Mm. Um, it, it, it's not an outright terrible decision on its own, but where it's a terrible decision when, you know, when all the consequences come into play and then also like missing that front post header, it, 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 it's okay, it happens, but it, it, it all, it all kind of had a, a, an unfor- a really unfortunate domino effect on things and mm. uh, led to them getting a completely undeserved goal. And sadly, given the way that we'd, despite the fact we dominated possession, we'd not really made the best of our chances. Sadly, you almost immediately felt like they'd probably got the game there as well. Because I, yeah. I thought yeah. up more than one goal is still pretty um, pretty remote once we've gone behind, I think. I mean, I think that really fed into their game plan. You know, that that seemed to be the thing that Moore was talking about. And I just had a quick check of Darren Moore's post-match kind of interview and said that was the thing that they probably needed. You know, if we got the goal, that probably would have stretched them. And that probably could have alluded to more goals in this game and probably more goals for Sheffield Wednesday because they were very compact and very resolute defending around their box. Yeah. Which is still something probably because of, like you're saying, because of, you know, lacking the talent of a talismatic, you know, holding striker, we can't bring in other players and invite more pressure in the round the box. No. So it's difficult for us to break that down. So that's the worst thing we need. I I, I wondered about this because I was like, in my notes, I was wondering, they're thinking prior to this, like, we are going to concede goals. You know, it's not like... Yeah, of course. Farrell's going to have a clean sheet every yeah. match for the League One campaign. Um, but... It really felt for a long time like just the sheer competence and the like the kind of the easy swaggery uh, handling of the game, which I, I do think leads into what you're saying about having a degree of what was the word you said with with a C complacency. Complacency. Thank you. It it wondered whether it was going to be like a situation where like you know us conceding a goal is more about 
10,000 monkeys with 10,000 typewriter boots on. Yeah. You know, well, they've had one. I think it is. It's because to be fair to um, the players that preceded Bailey Peacock Farrell, mm. I'm sure uh, Wildsmith is going like, well, I could get a clean sheet playing, playing behind these guys. Like we are not giving that many chances away. They, they had one shot on target today. Yeah. And that wasn't where the goal came from. No. Uh, but uh, so, apparently it was Den Den with the own goal, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not, we are, I mean, we're, we're being miserly. We look masterful and comfortable in defense. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's every, it's, it's further up the field that the, the problems were today. Mm. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's always the case. A team that their commentary was all about how we were the bigger team and we were more fancied and whatever else. And mm we're the favourites and I'm sure their manager's been doing that kind of siege mentality thing with them all week and we played like we were the favourites we dominated the game like the favourites and they sat in and defended and they did that job well the, the problem is we didn't show that that little moment of class in the box or around the box to to get the goal that's what makes us makes you deserve to win in that situation I also think and we're getting to it now but I don't think I think we made weird subs, which unfortunately was a bit of a yeah, a bit of a feature from last season as well. Mm. And one criticism we've had from more from previous clubs he's been at, or from fans of previous clubs he's been at, is he's a bit he has his plan, and then he doesn't he's not very good at thinking on the hoof after that. And I think maybe we saw a bit of that today mm. again. We're second in the league, so all of this has to be taken with the pinch of salt of, right. this is going well, this project is looking rather spiffing all round, but this is an opportunity to take stock, having lost to, to Morecambe, and look at things that maybe could have worked better. And um, so it's no use, even though things are going well, it's no use pretending there's no issues at all. Hmm. Um so I, in particular, I thought so. So we brought on. So we made those changes. Made the two changes fairly quickly. We dug off Patterson and Brown. To be honest, both of those I would question slightly. I don't think either of those players have played so badly they deserve to come off. And brought on Corbino and Camberry. Yeah, I thought Patterson was probably that's probably one of his stronger games, kind of off a striker as part of that front trident, right? Um, I thought Brown yeah. was great. Brown had a really, really good game. But could I just wonder, could we have, I know this is a hindsight 2020 sort of thing, but mm. could we change shape? Could we have asked Johnson and Hunt to be the width a bit more and and push Patterson up top with, you know, I had a different threat. Maybe we could have had two or three strikers and people feeding balls into them. I don't know. Just it, it felt strange to like force Canberra into... He's not, I mean, he's barely a centre forward. He's definitely not a left winger. Mm. It just felt baffling. But I, yeah, I would have I would have preferred to see, I felt like Gregory had had his chance up top and I would have probably preferred to see Canberra come on for him or yeah. put Patterson up in the middle and see how he would do. Mm-hmm. But I thought Brown was one of our bright sparks. I was sad to see him go off. I thought he looked dangerous throughout. Mm-hmm. I know he could have done better with his chances. And then... For me, that so then we we sat on those changes for a little bit, 
and uh, I'll, I will ask you what you thought of your the first glimpse of uh, of Corbino, but um, I, I totally, totally do not understand the change of take. I bring on wing for Adoniran. No, do not. It baffled me. No, I would have thought you'd probably want to lose someone more like Byers as part of that, especially with him on a yellow. Because mm. the way I see it, you got like Bannon and Byers do nice sideways passing. Bannon occasionally does push past a man and breaks lines, but not that often. Adoniran is all about that, and I think FDB is all is sort of all about that, mm. from what I've seen. I, I, I just when you're playing against a team that sat. They've they've defended well against us moving it side to side all yeah. game. So we don't want more players stroking I'm not around. Another guy that just helps you move it side to side. I just don't know what it. Or diligently, kind of culturally chipping it into the box and then not seeing anything happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know what it achieved, and I don't know what it was supposed mm. to. And Corbino, well, well, now we can talk about him, I guess. But I thought he looked bright, but he was so far out on that flank, he could barely. It was sort of having to beat three men to get to the point where he could play a pass or a cross. So we were forcing this width with players playing inside out on their positions, a right footed winger on the left flank and a left footed winger on the right flank, but forcing them to play all the way out wide. Mm. It just baffled me. I I made my end remarks for the game at the 78th minute because I knew we weren't going to score. Yeah. Um, did you? I don't know if it was after that. They have the bit where Canberry got in on the angle. Somehow his shot was deflected for throwing. That was the best. Yeah, that was sort of the best effort, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. I think then I've got onto my notes about the uh, the Dom House and Highlander. Uh, Corbin U, according to Giddings. I'm very unconvinced by his pronunciation of his name. <laughs> it might be right, but it just it sounded incredibly wrong from him yeah i don't know they they should <laughs> for some reason his name wasn't on the sheet for journalists to pronounce it's strange isn't it very strange very strange i thought he'd, he looked good he looked decent but again i i guess to kind of concede to what you're saying we're asking him to do a lot in those situations you know i, I thought he had a really great mint uh great moment sorry i did say i said mint because i, I wrote corbin was mint uh, he won a, won a corner on the 88th minute with a great run, just jinked it past two players. Yeah. And then just had the pace to really just get like whatever the Morecambe left back on toast all day. Uh, I thought it looked good. I, li- I did, I did I like this. him at all. Does it also put some more salt in the wound that Morecambe had two of the worst shots on the 86th minute and the 87th minute? Yes. They just absolutely blazed them out of the stadium. Really. Yeah. Yeah. We were in real bother because we pushed we'd committed forwards and <laughs> given the freedom of the land they produced such terrible terrible efforts mm. and then i i do want to say just as a final parting moment because there's not really much in the terms of notes i was very similar to you like it just never looked like happening uh oh. johnson's terrible cross of the death sums it all up Wank. oh that was so annoying that was just absolutely dreadful. We'd really worked brilliantly. We'd sucked them over to one side. We'd given him a pocket of space. Mm. And it was started off bad. It was like a bad golf shot. It started off bad and it got worse and worse. Like it curled into the keeper's hands perfectly. Like it kept it kept straightening up. 
you wanted to kill the other way towards our players, and it just it got worse and worse. Uh, mm. Disappointing. But mm. I just thought I, I just thought it was an absolute all game. Adoniran's been getting the ball, pushing past his man, and then creating a bit of havoc by running at their defenders. And when a team is set in, I mean, how many times have we seen it happen to our team? Last season, the season before, it happened all the time. We looked fairly good. Um, the, the one I really remember was Norwich. You know, oh, we've gone to play a good team, but what we're going to do is we're good. We're going to defend well. We're going to keep our shape. We're going to defend the box. We'll shuffle side to side, let them play in front of us, and it will be fine. That's fine until somebody picks up a ball and runs at the defence. Then it creates chaos and people move and there's gaps and spaces and that's when you score. Taking off the one player that seemed interested in doing that just boggles the mind. I mean, we might hear that he's injured. That's the only defence for for taking him off. The only defence. Because, yeah. And if we'd swapped it, it should have been for Gali Bashiru. Uh, a, a more like-for-like swap. But, uh, you know. Apparently he's not. He's he's never allowed to play. No, always on the bench, but never allowed to get on. Yeah. Always the bridesmaid. Always the always the bridesmaid. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to look if I had. A, I've sort of cut into my notes there. Um, yeah, Canberra Cam- Cam- was a double whammy for us because he's not a winger. <laughs> he's nowhere near quick enough to play that role, and the fact that he's not doesn't have any pace whatsoever meant that Johnson had to play, keep very strictly to left back because he couldn't leave the door open for people. So we kind of neutered Johnson and lost Brown's threat. That was a terrible substitution. (laughs) I just, and it's like putting those two wingers, they had like 30 minutes or the best part of 30 minutes on, on those flanks. It wasn't working. What about, why don't we just give them, why don't we swap it around for a, a passage of play or two? See what it looks like playing a left footer on the left side and a right footer on the right side. Do you know, mm. I don't know, it just felt like there's just so, it's so sort of stayed. And like, I offer, Chuck, I'm not against when you're chasing the game, Chuck, I offer up there for a couple of minutes. See if he can make something happen. Mm. Uh, I don't know, just... I know it's early in the season and it's not, you shouldn't be playing with, well, we don't, we're not desperate, no. but I would have liked to have seen a bit more urgency. We just so meekly took the defeat. That's the thing. Frustrating. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, I was, this was definitely in a fit of peak and I maybe half take it back, but I did put Gregory as Rhodes Mark two. Uh, <laughs> that was my final notes for the game. Oh, Rich. Oh, please take it back. I, uh, um, okay, I take it back. <laughs> I may or may not have my fingers crossed. Any Anything else from you in, towards the end of the game there? Oh, no, that's it. That's, that's really all the, the kind of news that's fit to print, really. Um, <laughs> no, just, just disappointing. I mean, it still makes me think there's still more. There's plenty more games Oh yeah, of the winning variety than the losing variety, and I think the performance kind of sums it up. Some things we can fine tune, right? Yeah, we, we um, yeah, I, I think. I mean, we were the better team by miles. It's mm. just a bit, 
it's just yeah it's those tweaks and things like that my 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 worry is we don't have a natural set center forwards in the mold that would have helped today yeah um i hoped gregory was going to be i basically thought sort of thought gregory was a bit like fletcher and i don't know that he is i think he's his own thing yeah and that i'm sure there will be games where that's absolutely fine but um it does say to me we are really missing somebody in that mold. Kind of an Atty New Year type mold, to be honest. I mean, I know we keep coming around to it, but we don't really have a centre-forward that does that for us. Mm. impose themselves on the game and move people around and help you build a kind of base camp further up the pitch. Um, so that in a balanced squad, that still, to me, looks like a missing a missing element, I think. Mm. I don't know that I don't know that we'll be looking for anybody in the next few days. But um but that's I would I'd be very pleased if we maybe bring in one more option there. Mm. But uh yeah, there we go. What so, do we think about uh honorable mentions for this game? Honorable mentions. Mm. Because I was going to say, I mean, prior to this, you know, thinking about this game, think of Ethan's a nil-nil, I'd still probably put man of a match. Uh, I'd go for Brown. I like Brown today. Yeah, mm. Brown. Brown's a good call. I thought Adonir had a few really, uh, yeah, bright, bright moments. Disappointing though, he's got that mark against his record for, you know, an own goal. <laughs> yeah. Which wasn't really so much of him. I don't know. No. You know, but it's, yeah. it will go down the record books as... One against. I think that means that Brown takes it in terms of being, yeah, the most honourably so. mentioned, honourable mention. Mm-hmm. Any any villains? Any uh, anybody else? I don't think so. No, no one did. No one did terribly. No. Mm. Yeah, I still really like. I really like Hunt's work. I like. I like his. Uh, just so many times he just drives at people. It's really nice to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's frustrating to come away from today because I think we should have been taught, thinking about like, this was a real test and we absolutely passed it. Um, and unfortunately, we sort of failed at that first hurdle. This was a much better performance, though. We want the, the stupid, I mean, this is the stupidness of football, really. But we won two 0 against Rotherham and played much much worse than uh, than we did against Morecambe. We were a much better team against Morecambe, um, and they've come away with nothing. So it's uh, it's it's a str- it's a funny old game, isn't it? It's a funny old game. <laughs> yes, yes, yes Richard is saying about the disparity because we missed that Sunderland game. We've played an awful lot. We will have played an awful lot of away games comparatively to our home games right because after this seven we got like instead of i guess with the exception of you know bringing the bringing the real creme de la creme of the geordie's geordie kids yeah you know bringing bringing biker grove to hillsborough are we (laughs) on a midweek are we we're bringing the nippers With the exception of that, we've got another two away games, I think, before at home at Hillsborough again. Depending on when we can schedule, depending when they want to look at rescheduling the Sunderland I suppose game, that's the thing. Is about yeah. 
We don't know where that Sunderland game will fall, but provided that doesn't fall before we play our ninth game, our first nine games, we will have played three at home and six away. Mm. And then we're home, uh, home against Shrewsbury on the 18th of September, I think it is. Mm. Mm. So interesting. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I don't get too bogged down by fixture list talk because at the end of the day, you do end up playing everyone twice. You know, that's the uh, the long and short of it. You know, Rafa Benitez used to talk about, we were here and then we were there. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, but at the end of the day, it probably all swings around about. So in it, mate, put it's your little indeed. bit of paper away. <laughs> <laughs> Should we also follow a note by putting our respective bits of paper away, Rich? Let's put our electronic bits of paper away and uh, get. I can go back to resting my voice right. in a darkened room. We'll go back to having a nap. Yeah, but uh, I mean, still second, despite mm. our our first defeat, mm-hmm. which shows us how well it's been going thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten from five, two points a game. That's, that's what people want, isn't it? That is. And I believe that's what people refer to as promotion form. And I think a bright thing to come out of it, although it was a, a fairly limited cameo, I do think Corbino looks like a very exciting prospect. I'd like he to definitely does. Yeah. Like to see him unleashed in the in the future. I'm I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. And who knows, we've still not seen a, a whiff of uh Sal or Show Depot in the league. So there's 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 bits and pieces to, to come and then you know we're gonna we're gonna ruin everybody's winter by breaking out windass and just letting him go go all trumpy bum all over their asses exactly <laughs> shot all over their back five that's right <laughs> <clears throat> He's got a big jaw and a big, big hunger for girls. Josh Windass. Josh Windass. There we go. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, I hope nobody feels as rubbish as I feel right now. And I hope I feel better. I feel hope everyone else feels better um, through the week. And, uh, you know, we'll talk again. Talk again on the other side. I don't know what we'll talk about. We'll talk a lot about Newcastle, Newcastle's Academy, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Next week we'll find something to talk about. <laughs> well, we might have a we might have a little we little flourish at the end of the old uh, old summer transfer window, eh? Maybe. Yeah, a bit of that. Bit of that, maybe, perhaps. Who knows? We could watch uh, we could watch the match of a rival. Support non <laughs> support non league day. But I guess. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go watch Wrexham and tell you if uh, if Deadpool turned up. There we go. <laughs> no, see, well, uh, yeah, we can see. Um, we'll do. We'll we'll have something for you next week. You get Tommy. Never, if, uh, never you mind if Fat Mac is there at uh, at the race at the race course. <laughs> Ripped Mac and Fat Mac. All right, cheerio, folks. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.